Tim and Tom. Tom. Hey, man. What's uh, up? How are you? Um, my wife has left. I'm down in the dumps. About time. We, yeah, we knew that. You know, we all knew that. I, uh, that was the open secret here on Tim uh, and Tom. I mean, it was the soccer games, wasn't it? Yeah, well, so I don't know what you're talking about because she's supposed to be coming back. Maybe. Oh, did I, she go? I, did she go to get the milk? She's what? No. I mean, it's, it's a vacation. She's oh. assured me that she will return. Okay. Uh-huh. She seemed disconcerned with any affairs uh, around the house uh, shortly before she left, though. But, um, yep. uh, you know, uh, I mentioned something and, you know, I was like, oh, so when you get back, she would always just interrupt and be like, ah, I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That no. sounds eerily uh, familiar to some other situations <laughs> I've heard. So good yeah. luck. Yeah, no, the uh, the wife is on vacation and uh, was you know on a girls trip with two of her best friends from, you know, forever, like longer than she's known me. And I've started to realize that like I don't know what to do, Tom. Like I podcast, I'm like, man. I'm like ah, ah. Like I'm kind of going stir crazy. I'm like, "Oh, man, this is an unhealthy addiction now." Right? To, <laughs> to my wife whom I love very much. I'm like, "Oh, man, I need to Wow, I don't know how to function as a human." And it's not that I'm not functioning. It's just that, like, I'm used to being like, oh, man, I did this. Oh, oh, yep, there's nobody here. Because the kids are mm-hmm. old enough to not care, right? They're off doing their own thing. They I'll, hate go, I'll be like, hey, what's up? And they're sense. like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, they hate me, you know? Get out of uh, here. Yeah, yeah, they're like, what do you, yeah, all right. They come down, da- they'll come down, they'll be like, hey, what are you doing? I'll be like, oh, I just, and they're like, hey, listen, so I need 20 bucks. And then I'm just like, I'm like, man, can you believe these? Oh, she's not here either. Right. Is, like, oh. is their first response when you talk, shut up? No. Like, hey guys, so shut up. No, I mean it's it's uh I mean they say it with their eyes, Tom. <laughs> they say it with their eyes. They say it with their ears too, because they don't listen to anything. Uh and then I gotta take care of the five dogs who, fun fact, they have an unhealthy addiction to my wife, right? So what happens when she leaves for long periods of time is they go to a corner and they hide and they wait, right? I mean they'll come out and they'll eat and they'll just kinda look around and I'll be like, You need to go outside? And they're like, Yeah, I guess. I mean, they just kind of have that slow, like, depressed dog mode about them. And I'm like, I get it, dogs. I understand, man. I was like, I feel the same, dogs. <laughs> like, we're in the so, same boat. So just, there's, you know. there's just basically a, a, a big old cloud of rain above the household just hanging out until she gets back. Yeah, it's actually been raining out there, too, yeah. right? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, even yesterday, uh, she tells me quickly, you know, it's, it's so it's five-hour time zone difference, so that already makes it hard to, to interact, right? Um, and then she's in Hawaii, which, fun fact, a lot of places in Hawaii – are still in like 1957 as far as like the communication technologies right there is next so she was like this one they had planned for three days they were going to this remote cabin they're gonna do some hiking around waterfalls and volcanoes and stuff hold on is she safe because isn't there a volcano just erupting yeah Yeah, um they're not going to the main island at all which is where that is um, okay good <laughs> and there's been no travel bans to these spots right uh all right i mean so you know, so it, she's okay until you know i mean she's gonna get cancer 10 years earlier than she would have otherwise probably it's probably all that is from breathing in the sulfur you know but hey it was hawaii man so she tells me she was like all right this was yesterday 
right? Yesterday on Monday, as of this recording, we're recording on Tuesday. She's like, hey, all right. So it's, you know, blow by conversations that we have, right? Because they're moving, they're island hopping, they're doing a whole bunch of stuff. And she goes, all right, well, listen, this is the, the camping excursion. She was like, this is really remote. They've got like a landline in the lobby of the hotel, which isn't open only during business hours, right? And she was like, so uh, there's no cell phone, no internet. She was like, so you probably won't hear from me very much if often until Thursday. And I was like, ah! <laughs> I was just like, man, this is torture. I was like, I don't know what to do now. I was like, I need to figure out hobbies. I was like, I got to do more stuff. I got to, you know, I could do dishes or something, but I'm not going to do that until, you know, shortly before she gets home, right? Just do it all in one sweep because back to bachelor living as far as that's concerned, right? I'm um, just kidding. I, I make the kids do it. So uh, <laughs> other than that, you know, uh, I've been sitting around staring at the walls, you know, wondering, uh, you know. Well, I am sorry back. for you. <laughs> no, it's fine. You know, I, I, you. I did get out and do some, uh, you know, work on the land over the weekend and that sort of stuff. And we were supposed to have a soccer game that got rained out, so it'll be this weekend. But uh, other than that, man, just just wondering what to do with myself. I feel like that should be on your tombstone. What's that? Tim Rayner, working on the land. <laughs> Wondering what to do with myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that should, be your, yeah. that should be on your headstone. Tim and Tom. So what I did was way more entertaining than that because really? I still have my significant other because yeah. she didn't leave me yet. She hasn't she figured will. it out yet. Not right. yet. Yeah. She still hasn't figured it out. But, man, I tell you what. So it was Saturday night. I tell you what, if you were a, or if you are a combat sports fan, you were in combat sports heaven Saturday night. So this is the, uh, what you had on your plate Saturday. You had Bellator 199, which featured King Mo versus Ryan Bader in the heavyweight tournament, which is so stupid because it was a middleweight facing a light heavyweight at heavyweight, but it was fun because it's a freak show. Why not? Then you had... On pay-per-view, UFC 224 with a main event of Amanda Nunes versus Rocky Pennington. It's Raquel, but she goes by Rocky. Rocky Pennington. That was a lot of fun. And Brazil, it was an all-Brazil card, basically. Um, at least one fighter on the main card was from Brazil. The first fight featured two Brazilians, one in a retirement fight. Beator Belfort, by the way, uh, as I tell you more about what happened on Saturday night. Side note, Vitor Belfort had his last fight. Um, at UFC 224, his debut with the promotion was at UFC 12. That should tell you how long he's been fighting. Jeez, that's a long time. Cause you're what, like 200 something now, right? 224. Yeah. Now for anybody not in the know, these are not annual, obviously. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> right. but they're, they're at a once a month clip. So that should tell you how, how long he's been in the sport, but he has retired for now. He'll come back eventually because money talks and he's a draw. But then on ESPN top ranked boxing, and I am an MMA fan first. However, boxing is a sport that I love. It is not number one. MMA is number one, but again, boxing, I appreciate. And I grew up with uh, watching, you know, the golden age of heavyweights, in my opinion, with Riddick Bowe, Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson, all of those guys. But there is a boxer right now from Ukraine, Vasily Lemachenko. He is 12 and one, which in boxing, if you have one loss, it's like you're already done. But he's not. He is a wizard of a boxer, fought at 135 pounds, became the the quickest fighter to obtain two titles in boxing history. He's a two-time champion. He beat Jorge Linares in Madison Square Garden. It was on ESPN. This guy, I tell you what, even if you don't like boxing, it's just 
captivating. His footwork, he's a dancer. Uh, an ESPN writer, and I can't think of his name, but an ESPN writer said that uh, Lemachenko has the greatest footwork in all of sports, better than Antonio Brown, better than LeBron James, better than uh, Floyd Mayweather, better than Anderson Silva, better than uh, who's a hockey player, uh, Ovechkin, you know, all of those athletes. They said ESPN consensus written by this one writer, but the consensus among amongst ESPN staff is that Vasily Lemachenko has the greatest footwork in all of sports. And, and I tell you what, if you watch it just for a little bit, you will be amazed. So I got to be in hog heaven with my combat sports between Bellator 199, UFC 224 and top rank boxing on ESPN. Oh, it was it was nirvana for me. Yeah. It was just the best. I loved it. Also, I saw an incredible movie. So I told you how a couple of weeks ago I saw Avengers Infinity Wars, which yep. was really good, right? Yep. No, no spoilers still because still there don't are people, you. right, but um, it's very good. Won't give you any spoilers on what happened because you know I get money's tight sometimes, and right. you got to wait a couple of weeks before that uh, matinee showing goes to five dollars. Totally yep. get it. But I saw another movie. It was called A Quiet Place mm-hmm. by that uh, guy that did The Office. Yeah. I forget his name. That guy. And uh, his wife, Emily Blunt, I believe is her name. She was in it. They play a married couple in the movie. 95 minutes or so of just you're on the edge of your seat. <gasps> Man, it is. is that in- crazy, huh? And it's, oh, it's just, yeah, you don't know what's going on. And then you get like that tightness and like you start doing ab exercises because you get so like uncomfortable because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, like you've done a yeah. workout because of so many different awkward positions you've moved into by watching this movie. Fantastic. Cannot more highly recommend this movie. Okay. Fantastic. Five out of five. John Krasinski, John Krasinski is who you're speaking of. Yeah, I never saw The Office, which, but never saw it, didn't care. It was on a night that wrestling was on. Wrestling's always yeah. number one. Hey, so, here's a hot so, take. Here's a Tim hot take. Uh, it was okay for a season and a half. Yeah, like I said, I, I never gave it a shot because it was on when wrestling was on, and wrestling will always be number one. So if you follow on that night, you better wait till I, you get hit Netflix. I tried to binge watch and went, yeah. All right, I'm done with it. Lost interest. Well, this movie will not make you lose interest. This movie was fantastic. Apparently, he directed the movie, too. That's cool. Which, oh, he's good. good. Uh, he's good. Yeah. And he was one of the bright parts of The Office. He's funny. It's just the shtick became old. But, yeah, I mean, he's good in anything I've ever seen him in. And so, yeah, to see his artistic uh, vision will be neat. Yeah, it was incredible. Very, very good movie. So that's what we did for this week. The reason why we're recording on a Tuesday night instead of our typical Wednesday or Thursday is because Thursday morning, I will be in Washington, D.C. with my beautiful girlfriend, Emily. So we're going to be going amongst the National Mall and Smithsonian and all of those types (laughs) of places um since my wife has left me and we discussed that she will eventually leave you know your significant other will eventually leave you um Mm -hmm. you guys aren't taking like separate flights and meeting there are you Uh, 
You, you don't even know, do you? She's booked the flights, huh? You don't even know, do <laughs> yep. you? Yeah, I don't even know. Where I'm going. Yes, she's just like, hey, well, here's the itinerary, and you're like, oh yeah, that'll be great, and you're like, man, I wish what is wrong on yet? I, I need to get, and you're thinking something else, and she's trying to tell you all the details, and and you don't know, and then yeah, I'd be like, what do you mean we're taking separate flights? I thought we were going together. I'd be like, no, no, it's fine. I'll meet you there. Just go ahead, get the hotel, use the card I gave you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I um, no, my phone won't work. Nope. just I'll be there. I will tell you, I will tell you a real concern though. It's not really a real concern, but it seems to be that this always happens in some aspect of a trip that I take, but there's always one thing that gives me a little bit of like anxiety right before we go. And this time around it's Southwest airlines. Have you seen all of these stories about Southwest airlines loses air pressure and uh, has to make an emergency landing. And then that one person got sucked out of the the window. Ugh. Yeah, it's all been Southwest, and guess what we're flying? Uh-oh. United. No, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Southwest. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so okay. we're flying Southwest. So that's a little bit concerning. I know we'll be fine. So, ladies and gentlemen, this may be the final episode of Tim and Tom. Next episode might be Tim. <laughs> Just Tim. Just call right. it that. Just, Just Tim. Hey, Actually, you know what? If I die, which I mean, eventually I will, but if I die before you, which that also could easily happen, sure. I got right. a great podcast idea for you. You ready? Okay. Yeah. It's called the Silent Movie Podcast. What you do is you play clips from silent movies, and then you get the actors to talk about them. Yeah. Except I actually, I, I actually more. did. Well, actually, I, I I did some prep for this, and I I got a clip for you. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Here it is. All right. So pretty oh, great clip, man. right? Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Uh, See? Man, it's that's amazing how it's, it's amazing how artistic they could be without the use of sound. I mean, that was breathtaking. That almost yeah. had me in tears. Really, it should be known as the golden age of entertainment. I don't know if you can get much better than silent movies. I don't know well, why they had I, I, I've been toying around the idea of a silent podcast. There you go. I just so told you about it. That may be coming your way, right? I mean, we could be doing a silent podcast. It would really it actually out. here here uh here's another great clip. I think this will be the one that'll take you over the top and get really the big downloads. You ready for this one? Okay, yeah. And scene, right? Yeah. That one was great. That's a good idea. All right, Tom. Yeah, Yeah, uh, that's great. Uh, What are you going to D.C. for? By the way, I did mention to my wife uh, that you mentioned that, like, you'll probably die before her and before me. Uh, As I was discovering, like, oh, man, I don't know what to do with myself. I was like, I'm going to have to die before you because I'm not going to be able to handle it. I was like, you're going to have to, you know, I was like, this you're just going to have to be the one that's tough. Yeah, if like, there ever if there's ever a situation where like Emily's on her deathbed, I'm jumping out of a window. <laughs> like you're just like no, not, not happening. This, right? Not doing this by myself. Right, like, <laughs> so yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah. No way. Yeah. So all right, DC. So you're gonna go there, and you're gonna you're going there to lobby Congress. Yep, I'm going to get some real change. I'm coming in as an outsider, and I'm going to take on the swamp and drain that swamp. Please do. Actually, 
uh, what I'm doing is we're probably going to go to the National Mall. We're going to go to the Smithsonian. Uh, we're going to probably go to the uh, Spy Museum. Obviously hit up the big Lincoln Memorial. Uh, we're kind of wanting to sit in on a session of Congress. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tried to go to the white house, but unfortunately when we booked the trip, the like second thing we did after the flights were booked were, uh, or was put in our background information so they could do the check on us. And they said, Hey guys, you checked out. Everything's great, but we're full. And so that sucked. I really wanted to take a tour of the white house, especially now. Cause man, how cool would that be if I took a tour of the white house and Trump gets indicted like in the same breath. That yeah. would be so cool. Like if you were there and saw him getting like arrested yeah. and let out of yeah. the white house. Oh, that would be terrible for America. Wouldn't it? Oh, and you'd give me witness to that. Actually, you know, what's kind of crazy is so I took a tour of Yankee stadium. Mm, uh, taking a tour of this is the old Yankee Stadium, not the new current one, sure. uh, even though it's not that new. It's been around since 2009. But you know what I'm saying in comparison yeah. to the other one. Taking a tour of Yankee Stadium, da, 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 going in the locker rooms. Here's Jeter's two lockers. One's for him. The second one's all for his uh, fan mail, which is a real thing. Um, all these great things, sitting in the dugout, walking on the field, all of that stuff. As we finish up, if you remember the baseball player, Jason Giambi, yeah. mm-hmm. he was walking in and there was a ton of media. And I was like, what is going on? Why is there that much media? And you know me, I'm yeah. not shy. And so I just walked up to a guy with the camera. I go, excuse me, did he get traded? What's going on? He goes, uh, we're doing a press conference. He's about to admit to all of the steroid uh, abuse that he uh, was a part of throughout his baseball career. I was like, no way. And he's like, yep. And then you I kind of look over. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of look over and he's like with his family and he's like tearing up. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, yeah. Look at this guy. His life is ruined. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm here. And I happen to my, be here. And my life is so great. <laughs> Look at the contrast. I am awesome. Yeah, so that was cool. So hopefully the next time I take a tour of the White House, something happens like that. That'd be cool. You, but yeah, unfortunately, you should have went to comfort him and you should have said, Look, man, uh, here's some solace you can take. Is that in one man's pain, in contrast, can become one man's pleasure. Whereas your life is crumbling and it's going to play out in front of national television but I happened to be here when it happened. So think of my great story. Yeah. So we're, we're not taking a, a tour of the white house right now. So eventually we will, but yeah, for this one, uh, we're leaving on Thursday, coming back on Sunday night, going to enjoy some nice barbecue. Uh, they've got some good seafood places, some good jazz spots. We're going to check out. Uh, we're taking a night tour of the national mall so we can see like the Lincoln Memorial lit nice. up at night. Yeah. And stuff. Seen Whether it, they yeah. said isn't going to be the greatest, but hopefully it'll be decent. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time. Tim and Tom. The New Jersey uh, Supreme Court essentially stated that sports betting and we're going to give you a condensed version. If you want to read the real story, go Google it. You'll find an article. But basically, this is what's happening. Sports betting now is legal. Now, this is by a state-by-state basis, so it's not a uniform regulation from California to Florida to New York to Texas and everywhere in between. It's just going to be state-by-state if they choose to do it. New Jersey looks to be the first state to capitalize on this. Big shock, Atlantic City wanting to gamble. Um, But now – 
it's it's essentially ended prohibition you know what i mean for lack of a better term for sports betting and now the floodgates are open and first question to you tim is what's your initial thought when i tell you supreme court says it's unconstitutional not to allow sports betting your first reaction is i think it's a good thing uh for it to to not prohibit something that wasn't even being prohibited obviously i mean they did it in vegas it just made it a hassle for anybody to try to do it uh but they still <laughs> clearly did it by a lot and then they're doing it in illegal forms uh throughout so yes you might as well now will i think that we'll have any sort of you know i, I mean we'll get into more deeper economic stuff i guess about it uh, as we delve into this but i mean i think that it's a good thing in that regard right like come on guys sports betting is happening it can help our economy obviously if we you know what i mean like if we regulate it properly if anybody listening over there uh you know what i mean not that they tend to do anything properly it seems but right. uh, you know what i mean like so yes this should be a good thing so my first reaction is I'm going to make a lot of money off of UFC fights because I rarely pick those wrong. Right, I, I like think about same. myself first. So We're going together, I'm going to make just the picks yeah. you go. And I'm gonna be like, all right, cool. Exactly. As you should. And maybe we can turn that into a segment once Missouri allows uh, sports betting, because I will definitely be doing that. But we here's my that. concerns. Yeah, definitely. I think that'd be a great idea. So here's my concerns, though. This is where my my brain went to right off the bat. First off. If you have a sports betting problem, the first thing you did was just stay away from Vegas, right? So right. like, hey, I struggle with gambling. I don't need to be in Vegas. That's, you know, the prime spot. But now it's in your backyard. Are you going to be able to stop yourself then? Yeah. So I think there needs to be something in state yeah. or, you know, with these states established that says if you have a problem, if you need help, here's what you can do. Call this number, visit this meeting, you know, talk to this counselor, whatever it is. Right. Yep, so that's yep. one. Yep. Two is again, I think it's awesome for the professional sports, right? Professional fighting, professional basketball, professional football, uh, professional baseball. I think all of those are amazing because it's an exhibition really. Cause that's what sports are. Um, and we should be able to have fun partaking in what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Now at the amateur ranks, that's where it's going to get shady, right? So if you're a Mizzou guard from Springfield, Missouri, and a guy comes up to you and says, hey, I need you to only score eight points when you've been averaging 20 against, you know, K-State. Well, okay, what do I get out of it? I'll give you a 60 grand. All right, that yeah. sounds good to me. Yeah. Now, let's not be dumb to the fact that that wasn't happening already. Well, However, yeah, point to now, that. right now, instead of that hub in Las Vegas, where that's all the action is, the hubs are everywhere. And now it's in the little spots that you don't think of. Right. Yeah. So a university of central Missouri versus Northwest Missouri state game could have a lot of money on it. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. a problem. Well, and so to to your thing there about like, well, let's not pretend this wasn't happening. That kind of stuff could still be happening. They're going to these Mizzou guards, and it's illegal, uh, you know, gambling of those sorts, illegal bookies and those kind of things. Um, the deal with the legalized gambling is that it can become a lot more effective. You see that in the NCAA basketball issue with Adidas. That's what a you know what I mean. Like Adidas is, mm -hmm. they're not doing it on the outcomes of games, but they're swinging the outcomes of 
seasons by sending, you know what I mean, by paying guys to go to certain schools that they have contracts with. So, yeah, it can be, it, what happens there is it becomes a lot more efficient and a lot more actual money happening and involved. Definitely. So, yeah, that can become a bigger problem with that. Again, if it's not properly regulated, and you're not going to stop everything, obviously, uh, because, yep. you know, criminals are smart. They got a lot of money right they're now. They're very smart. But Definitely. even when they're and not then, criminals, then they think they're righteous in what they're doing. Yeah. Exactly. And third, this is where I think the real battle will start, assuming this, you know, tidal wave of legal sports betting just takes over the country, is the professional sports, right? Mm-hmm. So the NBA, Adam Silver has already said, hey, we love the gambling. Bet on our sports all the all you want. We want one percent of all bets. Mm-hmm. Because now you're going to have the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, UFC, you know, name the organization, NASCAR, and they're going to say, you're putting hundreds of millions of dollars on our games. We're providing the content. We need some type of kickback, right? Yeah, we're royalties. providing what you're, yeah, yeah, we're providing what you're betting on. So we deserve something. That's a strong argument, in my opinion, to like yeah. have. And so, there's some ethics That's questions where. involved in it, though. By receiving some of the money, are you now inclined to influence the outcome? Right, exactly. WWE's so- been under fire for being accused of, of said things. And that stuff leaks because the line, because you can bet on the outcomes of WWE matches which is odd oh you can uh, bet on every well match. i know you can bet on super but so uh the lines on some of those will drop very shortly beforehand and an unexplained uh you know outcome happens and so they've been accused of being involved in it yeah definitely so that's where my my uh thoughts went to initially but again selfishly i can't wait to bet on fights i've always wanted to bet on fights i don't want to do uh uh those stupid online ones what's with fan duel or all that stuff i don't care i want to go i want to go to argosy casino i want to go to station casino i want to sit there waste a saturday watching all the fights winning all the money telling everyone how wrong they are and then getting my ticket and saying oh i won a thousand dollars tonight double that for next Uh, weekend because there's another ufc i'm quitting my job i'm a professional better yeah I, i mean hey if they do it here and we're going to these casinos, I'm going to come with you and I'm going to play some bets and we're going to see how we roll this, man. I'm just going to, maybe, like you said, we'll turn Tim and Tom into the, into the, uh, MMA sports yeah. betting with Tom and Tim. <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah, I'll totally do it. Yeah. I'll start I'm learning. Totally I'm like, Hey, I'm fine. Let's, you know what I mean? I'll learn enough to let you talk. Like, it'll be fine. We'll do it, man. Yeah. We'll, it, we'll it's it. it's going to be fun. Uh, Missouri, uh, has had a lot of action before this past, uh, in terms of trying to make it legal in the state of Missouri. Uh, they've only had one bill passed that helped with furthering that cause. Uh, however, once this uh, sports betting was unconstitutional, a congressman was quoted as saying, my phone has not stopped ringing. So look to have that at least locally uh, move pretty quickly. I would yeah. bet, <laughs> I would bet, pun intended, yeah. Um in a year, I would say this time next year, you might hear of something passing to where then at the end of 2019, 2020, yeah. we have the start of legalized betting yeah. in Missouri. That's they've, just a hunch. They've tried to uh, do this before, and you're right. And this is something uh, Tim and Tom want to urge all, all of you uh, folks listening, young and old, but young and old, uh, get out and vote. 
Because the only reason it wouldn't have passed 10, 20 years ago is because old people vote and nobody else does, right? So that's why a lot of these things are still a struggle uh, to pass, especially in our uh, states that we love here. Uh, but, you know what I mean? If some of you guys, young guys, come out and, and ladies and whatever, uh, you know, come out and vote a little. Uh, maybe we can get some gambling. We can get some things, right? We can get some stuff legalized here if you go out and vote. And this could be one of them. And this will be fun to see how it plays out. Tim and Tom. It has just been announced that Dave Chappelle and John Stewart yeah. are going on tour together. It starts in June. Uh, as of right now, they've only announced two cities, Boston, because I believe that's where John Stewart, John Stewart is from, and then Houston, Texas, which I'm not exactly sure the affiliation Chappelle or Stewart has with the city, but it's a city that has a ton of people, so it makes sense as far as making money. Uh, but those cities have been announced as of this recording. Um, what's your thoughts on that one? Uh, amazing. It's an interesting duo. Uh, you know what I mean? Like uh, now some of their subject matter definitely crosses over into each other. I mean, they, they both mm -hmm. will be political and, or even societal conversations, right. As it were things that I, yeah, we, we throw around the term political, but sometimes I'm like, this isn't necessarily political. This is just a society figuring out how we're going to talk to each other guys. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be political. It's us just going, Hey, don't say that. I don't like it. If you don't say that, I won't say this. Right. Like things like that. Right. I don't know. So th there's a lot of crossover there and I love both of these acts. I mean, at the top of their game and what they do now, John Stewart hadn't done stand up in years or ne never even really for the long term of his ultra fame was a stand up act. Uh, right. He was a sit down political nightly show variety show his, host. Yeah. even Really? Yeah. Um, and yes, a political correspondent at that point, uh, you know? Um, mm -hmm. so yes, uh, that will be some of the most interesting thing. Uh, I wish they were doing a lot more uh, dates and locations. Did you see that? Yeah. And that's one thing that I actually like about that is yes, of course, I would love if Dave Chappelle and John Stewart came to the sprint center in October or whatever sure. it is. Right. Like that would be perfect. However, one thing that is great in entertainment uh, that they tell you is want them Leave or when you leave, yeah. leave them wanting more, right? Yeah. So, yeah, do six shows and then don't do it well, till yeah, 2020. But do seven, that's fine. But you're doing four of them in Texas and then like two of them in Boston. And it's like, hey, man. I know. <laughs> it sucks for you that. You can't come to St. Louis? Awesome. Like, like, I'd go well, to St. Louis. Well, hopefully they turn it into a Netflix special. That's what I'm hoping, right? Mm, yeah. Just turn it into a Netflix special and I can sit in the comfort of my own living room and watch it there i think this is amazing i i'm a huge fan of john stewart uh obviously he grew into uh, his stardom while i was in college and you know when you're in college you have all the strongest opinions and you're fired up about the world so i just ate all of that up and then Chappelle's show in high school was my number one show i have all of the dvds i can tell you all the skits uh, it was my favorite show. So those two acts combined, it's going to be amazing. Here's the interesting thing that I want to ask you, though. So mm -hmm. let's fantasy book this, though, mm -hmm. right? Seven shows. I don't know. Uh, half of it or you know, 60 percent in Texas. The other is in Boston. Who is the headliner? Because they can't just both walk out there with two mics and go like, hey, man, it's tough to be a Jew. And then the other one's like, hey, man, it's tough to be black. And like, you know, they can't both... yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. They can't both go on at the same time. 
there are huge egos involved. I know John Stewart likes to play the, oh, woe is me. Who are you talking about? I'm how easily accessible the jokes are. Sometimes Chappelle's jokes are, are a little bit so like, wait a minute, I got to think that one through. Like I didn't catch the punchline. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or he, he does long form storytelling. Right. I think John Stewart does the really well, Hey, this is pretty stupid, right? Look at that picture. Boom. And then that's funny. You know what I mean? Yes. And I feel like John Stewart can get me from, I hope, this is great so this is great and then that's when Chappelle can take over and be like hey let me tell you about this story when I was in DC and a baby you know told yeah. me to uh, that he wanted to some crack you know what I mean like yeah. yeah then I can get into the Chappelle so like that's why I want Chappelle to headline now let me get into the second question now we're gonna have some fun here mm -hmm. so instantly people are, are you know how the internet is Chappelle and Stewart this is the greatest duo to ever go on tour right mm -hmm. that's instantly what you know the internet says and if the internet says it, it must be true so I'm gonna throw this to you Tim uh -huh. if you got the chance to yeah. fantasy book any type of entertainment uh, spectacle touring spectacle who are you putting together uh, Donald Trump and Kanye West. Just going to roll them out. No, I don't know. That <laughs> is going to be very bad. If, if, I, if, if I'm, yeah, if I want to make the spectacle and make the money off of it and get the, yeah, I, I would book that. If I want to go watch this, jeez, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and you're saying any form of entertainment, but current, right? They've got to be an act now. Right. Uh because you know where my brain went to before uh, i'll give you some time to stall and think about who you want there yeah. one one really great form of entertainment that uh i didn't get to see but they came to town it was run the jewels which mm -hmm. is killer mike and uh his dj yeah and then their opening act was neil degrasse tyson so you got to sit and listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson tell you about the universe and the stars and the cosmos and how the sun does this and an organism does that. And then Run the Jewels came on afterwards and they put on a show of shows. So I was always thinking like that is pretty great. Now, again, these uh, John Stewart and dave Chappelle, they're comics so it's not like a contrast in like music and then spoken yeah. word but i was thinking more like that so what do you got any any anything Man, comes to mind i was just like I, yeah i mean i didn't think about the multiple genre of of entertainment aspect of it um mm -hmm. gosh uh well and so i started going to who are some of the biggest names so like immediately in music i was like well who's some of the biggest names right now i was like well i just went to a post malone concert he's a big one uh mm -hmm. jake hole's a big one drake's a big one so you pick one of those right i mean i you know what i mean like i'd go to any of those um you know what i mean so if you threw in one of those but i've been to one so we'll cut him out let's say uh, let's say jake hole right we'll go with the jake hole and then we're gonna throw in man uh let's see a comic maybe is good, right? Like a comic. Um, yeah, there's no big, big one right now. I mean, we just, I, it feels wrong to throw in Chappelle or Stewart, obviously, right? Because they're, that's what started us on this. I don't know any other big ones right now. So maybe not a, yeah, this is tough. So man. this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. I'm yeah. going co comic mus musician, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So I'm doing Burt Kreischer Ooh. as the opening act. And I'm doing the guy that you saw post Malone as the headliner because 
for those who don't know, Burt Kreischer is a stand-up comedian, has been killing it for yeah. years upon years. He's known as the machine. Yes. He's also the guy that is uh, Van Wilder is based on. So that should tell you a little bit about the lifestyle he's li- lived up until now. He, obviously, he's a father now, married, so he's settled down a little bit, but he still gets crazy. He still has a ton of awesome stories. So to, to compile all of those great stories of partying and fun and drinking, and he drinks Tito's vodka all the time throughout the show, you get that and you get all that fun energy and laughter and you turn it into beer bongs and Bentleys with yes. Post Malone. I don't know if you get much better than that. I That's was, pretty- so the moment you said Burt Kreischer, I thought – Tom Segura is probably the comedian I would want to most see right now, but I, that's only because you keep telling me about Burt Kreischer, and I've seen the the bit on the machine, and I know I need to like see some full length stuff of his, and I just haven't yet. So, because uh, that's right up my alley too. I mean, we you know, uh, obviously not to his extreme, but uh, I used to party back in the day. You know what I mean? So that's some that's some funny stuff when when guys get into that. Yeah, definitely. Another good one would be uh, Joe Rogan in a UFC fight. Yeah. I mean, that feels like that stuff. Yeah, you know, Joe one, Rogan's two great. Punch. Yeah, his comedy's real fun, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would be a good one. Um, yeah, man. I like all of this. We should we, Let's start booking these uh, music and comedy uh, concerts. You know, I actually, try, I actually tried to do a fusion show uh, in the past. I did a thing with a horrible name called Rock and Rage. Oh, but, yeah. I was uh, there for that. Yeah. I did a, yeah, a little announcement did- for that, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. did uh, fights and rock concert, which, I mean, I tell you what, that's hand-in-hand. Hand. Uh, did it at the uh, Cricket Wireless. Hype. Yeah, whatever it was. Crowd was uh, hype. They got 13,000 people. It was great. It was, it was fun. Um, yeah. Uh, they had a Rage Against the Machine cover band, which I like because Rage Against the Machine was always one of my favorite bands, and I never got to see them because uh, they broke up after that, and you know, the rest of them became Audio Slave, which sucked. Uh, so, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and then we did a second one. Uh, we did uh, we did this one at Memorial Hall. We did Saliva. Remember them? The yes. tick, tick, boom. Yes. It was them and some fights, and that was Man. fun, too. We had Boy, a fun how late 90s, early 2000 mix is that, right? That is the epitome of that, Saliva. Yeah, yeah it yeah. was fun. They were good they guys, were fun. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Saliva. God, I forgot all about that, band. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, yeah, let's let's book it. Let's do the Burt Kreischer and Post Malone. Let's call them up. And, definitely. Uh, hey, and if you guys have an idea, feel free to add us on yeah. Twitter mm-hmm. or so, write us on yeah. Facebook and let us know what your thoughts are. Because maybe there's something we're not thinking of, and you go, well, guys. Obviously, it's fill in the blank and fill in the blank, or it could be three acts, right? Fill in the blank is the opening, fill in the blank, and then fill in the blank is the main event. So tell us, let us know, uh, give us some ideas on, uh, yeah. Tim and Tom, uh, on Twitter yeah. and yeah. check your local listings for the Donald Trump Kanye West tour uh, next year. Uh, actually that just may be the president VP ticket coming up. Who the hell knows yeah. at this point? Uh, but yeah, get us at Tim and Tom Casey on all of the social medias. Tim and Tom. Is that all we got? I think, that, I think that's all we got. What we do have, though, and we haven't even mentioned it yet, because yeah. we have a fantastic guest. We have Kansas City native, one of the best artists in the world, WWE's own artist. He is our friend and yours, Rob Schamberger. Mm-hmm. He's going to be on after this break. Uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about how he got started, how he kind of interacts with other people in the art community, his influences, his art style, uh, how he 
does what he does and all the stuff coming up for him. So uh, definitely uh, stay tuned uh, or not stay tuned. It's not a radio station. Stay with us because this is a podcast like an adult. You're an adult and you listen if, to a if podcast. If you're just tuning in, we've got Rob Schaefer coming up. <laughs> thanks for keeping the dial on with us. Right. No, yeah. so seriously, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, yep. After this uh, short intermission, yes. uh, we're going to have Rob Schoenberger on, and he is going to tell you all about the fun things that he does. And definitely check him out on uh, com. We're talking painting and wrestling when we return to Tim and Tom. Fun fact, it would take 225 million years to walk a light year. They wanna shoot me down. Oh, we think he better than us. They gon' shoot me down. Said he's so fly. They gon' shoot me down. They'll be posted outside just to shoot me down. Don't say nothing to police for they shoot me down. They'll be marching in the streets if they shoot me down. Tell me, listen, don't speak or they shoot me down. What these people don't see, you can't shoot me down. Tim and Tom. So Tom. You like art. You're a you're a fancy guy. You like to to go to the museums. Uh, your your girlfriend is helping with that a lot because she's cultured and she's respectable. Um, uh, whereas you know you, eh, not so much. Well, that is true. <laughs> However, I will say that I have seven pieces of artwork from our guest tonight. Mm-hmm. That's he good. is the official artist of the WWE. He is the one, the only. Rob Schamberger. Rob, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing amazing. Hey, so let's get right into it. First, we'll kind of address the elephant in the room. Obviously, uh, Tim and I have spoken to you uh, in the past, interviewed you uh, many different times, but that was for a different podcast for a different audience. And this podcast of Tim and Tom, we're focusing in on more Kansas City people doing big things. And when you think Kansas City people doing big things, uh, that is definitely you. So for the audience who is not familiar with you, Rob, tell us a little bit about kind of what you do in a nutshell. I am, uh, let's see, they call me WWE's artist in residence. Mm. Uh, what that means is uh, I do paintings, kind of gallery style, fine art paintings of the wrestlers. Uh, we do a variety of things with them. Like we do prints, obviously. We sell the originals. Uh, they'll have me go to events and paint live there, like at WrestleMania. And also we do uh, T-shirts, and uh, they've been included with their video game. And now they're also featured uh, in the uh, Mattel WWE toys, uh, which uh, I'm sure it's a coincidence, but I'll take credit for it, is now the number one action figure line in the world. Uh, and it's pretty cool having my name on the front of it and all for painting wrestlers, which no one took seriously when I said, hey, I want to paint wrestlers. <laughs> so that's a, that's a great spot to rewind because, yeah, I mean, the more I see, uh, as we've known you for several years now, the more I see that you're just on and you've got your hands on and now there's toys. And it was it, it I remember talking to you shortly after you kind of really started catching wind in what you do here. But how does that happen? I mean, who... Obviously, art is very subjective, and you can literally do whatever you want with it. But how did you arrive at that? You were—it sounds 
I want to say it sounds like a light bulb moment, but was it? Or did you just kind of gradu- gradually go, oh, I've got a couple paintings of wrestlers. Maybe I keep trying that. It was kind of a overnight success 15 years in the making. Right. Uh, when, when I was a kid, uh, about like seven, I got my first comic book. Uh, grew up in Lee Summit. And, you know, uh, every week when we would go for groceries at the food barn down the street, my uh, mom would let me get a comic. And, uh, you know, I knew right off this is what I want to do. And when I was like 17, I self-published my own. Like I, uh, you know, would kind of sell them to the comic shops around town out of the trunk of my car. And, uh, but, but it was never anything where I was able to quit my day job. Like I, you know, still had to kind of have a job to pay for my art career. And also on the side, like I knew I wanted to continue to grow as an artist. So I was painting as well. And, you know, it was to, to, you know, really continue to grow, do things stylistically different than what I was doing in the comics. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, uh, Kansas City's own Katie Schamberger, she uh, had a friend that had a gallery that their artist for that month had flaked out and they needed someone right away. And Katie saw all these paintings I was doing on the side and, you know, said, Oh, Rob has these. And it actually did pretty well. Uh, you know, it was better than my comics were doing, but I still had to have a day job. And I was trying to figure out like what it was that was keeping me from really standing out because I felt the quality of my work was, just as good or better than you know most of the people around town but i just couldn't stand out and i realized it was my subject matter anything that i was interested in doing there were several other people that were uh, way more established doing that mm-hmm. and so i was looking for something where i could really stand out and i realized pro wrestling no one's doing this and uh it just like took off like wildfire like right after i started on that it is an amazing story there because it, it, it you didn't go i mean i saw and, and know you enough to know that you didn't like start making some wrestlers paintings and then just go to wwe and go look at my paintings they're better than anybody else doing this right so how does that grow into getting into actually affiliations with the wwe because there's people doing fan artwork but obviously you're at a next level how does that get noticed uh, it kind of goes back to like uh, when I did that first comic book and I was selling them out of the trunk of my car. It was it was the hustle. It was uh, going out there and getting the work right in, in front of physical eyeballs. And so I was doing a lot of wrestling type shows and events, and you know would reach out to the organizers of these different things and would show my artwork there. Uh, also online, I would, you know, put up a painting of, of whoever, say Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Stone Cold would retweet it out or whatever to his followers. And so I was getting online attention and kind of got me on the radar. But also uh, it was at a museum event, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame up in Waterloo, Iowa. Uh, I had... Uh, reached out to them and they let me show my work there felt like a good fit a wrestling museum wrestling artwork right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there i met uh a couple wwe executives uh jim ross and jerry briscoe and they saw the work and they saw this professional and i think they wanted to see if i was a fly-by-night thing or if i was serious and also kind of the the quality of who i was 
And so over the course of the next year, I stayed in touch with both of them and, you know, did work for, for each of them, like on a personal level and would talk with them and come around to the, the following year where they're doing their Hall of Fame event again. And uh, the guys are there and, and I catch up with them. And, and Jim actually even offers, he's like, I will call Triple H. Uh, for those that are listening and don't know, Triple H is kind of the guy running WWE now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, I'll call Triple H now. He's like, you are ready. And I'm like, actually, Jim, I'm not. There's a few business things that I need to get in place first before I feel the company will really take me seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, it could have really backfired on me, but I think it made Jim take me a little more seriously. Uh, and then a few months later, uh, SmackDown, one, a WWE show, was coming through Kansas City. And I was doing a lot of work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation at the time, and WWE does a lot of work with them as well. And I reached out to Jim to see if uh, he could pass my information along just for the purpose of promoting this event. Uh, I was doing a gallery show with all the funds going to make a wish. I I was fully adopting a kid's wish. It was awesome. Like he got to go to Disneyland and and I was able to to pay for that. Um, But uh, unbeknownst to me and, you know, unprodded, uh, Jim reached out to several people within WWE and said, uh, yeah, you want to do this thing with Rob, but also you want to really work with him. And so then I, you know, get a call from exec, uh, an executive there that's over their, uh, their products. And uh, I guess they had had like a, a department head meeting and had uh, all pitched ideas on how they wanted to work with me. And he came forward with like a multi-year plan on how they wanted to roll things out with me. And uh, <laughs> we're, we've been going full steam ahead since then. So let's now talk a little bit about your artwork. So one thing that people, if they're unfamiliar with you, if they go to robshamberger.com or if they check out your section on uh, shopww.com, uh, you have a ton of work. Like you have painted so many different wrestlers, different ways, uh, multiple wrestlers, you know, together as far as like rivalry series, things like that. So how would you describe your artwork and then what influences uh, do you use to paint these wrestlers? As far as what style, I always have a hard time saying that. Um, I just kind of make the work that I feel best represents that wrestler's personality and the the feeling of what it's like to watch them more so than just what they look like. Uh, it's it's representational, but I put a lot of other elements in there to you know create a different energy and vibe for each one. Uh, the materials I work with, majority of my paintings are uh, watercolor with ink. Uh, going back to that background in comic books, almost all comic book art is done with ink. Uh, and so, you know, that's uh, a heavy hand in what I do. Uh, I do some paintings with acrylics and spray paint and mixed media stuff. Uh, but less of those, um, mostly because they're more expensive to make. And I'm still kind of growing this market because no one was doing wrestling art before me. And so uh, a lot of my audience, I'm uh, still kind of educating them on what it is to collect art and even how to 
look at and appreciate art, uh, you know, that can be really intimidating to some people. And uh, so that's something I'm working on as well. Another thing to kind of follow up on that is with the WWE right now, uh, and this is kind of going into the woods a little bit here, but the WWE keeps signing new talent. It seems like, you know, every new week we have, we have an EC three or a ricochet or an Adam Cole, someone's debuting or someone's moving up from their minor league system NXT to the main roster of raw and SmackDown. But as an artist, do you get a little overwhelmed artistically with there's so much talent to paint. I mean, legitimately it feels like every week there's someone new you could paint. And meanwhile, you know, your backlog is, is growing exponentially because all these guys keep getting moved up to the main roster. Uh, there is definitely an awesome challenge. Um, uh, WWE is uh, a, form of entertainment where there's new characters all the time just by the nature of it uh you know there's certain people that will be like the storylines will be uh, more centered around them but there's also you know fresher talent new wrestlers that are going up that chain ideally you know like climbing that ladder to make it to the top of the company um, but also that allows me as someone who's kind of chronicling this to uh, do fresh paint all the time because almost every one of these wrestlers or probably all of them, uh, they're someone's favorite wrestler and those people want to see them represented with what I do. Also, uh, I try to, uh, you know, uh, selfishly, I guess, build a relationship with a lot of the younger talent because I don't know, you know, some of them could become top guys. Right. Uh, like when I first started with the company five years ago now, uh, Roman Reigns was, had only been there for about a year right. Uh, right. On, on the main roster. And now, you know, he's the guy that they're making all the storylines around and uh, Seth Rollins as well. Um, and I was able to, uh, you know, like, develop a relationship with those guys early on and also uh, uh, you know WWE's really shifted things now to where uh, the women are equals to the men and there's even the possibility that in the next couple of years you know they always talk about who's the face of the company right like you look back like Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold Steve Austin The Rock John Cena uh, right now uh, it's up for debate uh, obviously, they're putting the effort into Roman Reigns, but I wouldn't be surprised if the next face of the company is a woman's. Uh, so, you know, whether it's Ronda Rousey that's now there or uh, Charlotte Flair or Sasha Banks or one of those, um, these are all people that I'm uh, getting to, to know early on and build those relationships with, but also uh, kind of chronicle them uh, with these paintings, too. As an artist, is it rewarding or difficult with your subject matters consistently changing? So, for example, the person I was thinking about is an Alexa Bliss, how you had mentioned you get to know the talent early on. And then as they develop, you know, hopefully then you can build that relationship and, you know, get autographs for paintings, things like that. But if you look at a wrestler like Alexa Bliss, when she started, she was this, you know, angel, almost like. Uh, princess fairy type thing and now she's evolved into 
uh, almost a villain like wearing Freddy Krueger gear, things like that. So as an artist, is that rewarding that your subject matter can change in all of these different avenues? Or does that make it difficult because, you know, maybe you had this one idea on how to paint this wrestler, but now their persona or their characters changed a complete 180? It's definitely a challenge. Uh, Also, uh, you know, like a a big part of my revenue stream is, uh, selling prints and T-shirts and stuff. And if someone radically changes their appearance, it makes that item now outdated. Right, yeah. uh, on the flip side, it pushes me to constantly put new content out uh, of these people so that someone that may have already bought an Alexa Bliss print, now she has a new look and they want a new one of her when before they could have just said, oh, I've already got one. Now they want one of the new look as well. This is a a bit of a convoluted question I'm going to ask. So when we did a wrestling podcast, uh, when I would tell people I do a podcast, and they would say, what's it about? You say, pro wrestling. And they go, oh. Which is the same you'll kind of get when you tell people that that you're a wrestling fan. Uh, Do you get some of that same uh, attitude back from – Maybe not art fans. I would imagine maybe artists don't do something like that because when we would tell other podcasters or talk show hosts, oh, they, they seem that. interested. But, I mean, how, how's the reception amongst people who aren't wrestling fans? Well, uh, most galleries won't touch me with a 10-foot pole. Sure. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's quite okay with me. Um, you know, like selling originals is, you know, the the smallest part of my income. Sure. Uh, so that's that's okay. Um, you know, they, they look down on me, but, um, I'm going to, you know, go bad guy here for a second. The main difference between me and most artists is that I don't have a day job. Um, you know, I, I found something where I was able to, to really succeed. Um, and, uh, you know, so a lot of them could say that I sold out, but also on the flip side, I'm doing the kind of artwork that I want to make. Right. Like it wasn't like WWE rolled up a Brinks truck to me and said, hey, person that's doing this other stuff, mm-hmm. we're now going to pay you to only do wrestling. No, this is something I did on my own and it just happened to succeed. Right. Um, so uh, there, there's some of that fellow artists. They think it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, if, yeah. if there's any kind of anger towards me, it's just that I thought of it before they did. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, uh, but but mostly uh, they also see like how serious I am about the art. You know, this isn't kind of any kind of gimmicky thing, right? This is something I'm very serious about as an artist, and that um, you know, especially like when I do comic book conventions, right? And there's a lot of artists there. At first, they're like, "Oh, WWE artist, what is this?" You know, and I'm sure in their mind they're doing that thing where they put their their uh, pointer finger to their thumb and they move their hand up and down, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but, but then they watch me actually paint and they see how serious I am and they see how I treat the customers. And, and then eventually, you know, we get to talking about influences and stuff and they can see again, how serious I am about this. Uh, so like the other artists, you know, like I'll earn their respect. And then there's, you know, just casual people like this past weekend, uh, my uh, father-in-law had his birthday party and uh, uh, was in uh, Columbia, Missouri. And 
you know, he's a, he's, he's a businessman guy. Mm -hmm. And so all the people that were there were too. And they, uh, you know, had, you know, kind of stayed familiar with what I was doing. And so when I, uh, they knew about like the Mattel stuff or whatever. And so there'd be the common thing of, I don't understand what you do. And I probably wouldn't buy one of these to hang up in my home. However, I can see that it's good work, and I can also definitely see how well it's succeeding. Uh, so, you know, they uh, definitely appreciate that. Going to your artwork here, uh, if you follow Rob Schamberger, and this is for our audience, if you follow Rob Schamberger, he posts a ton of great material of his original artwork. But one post that uh, caught my eye is you already have kind of the schedule for your next four uh, canvas to canvas on YouTube. How long does it take for you to decide on a wrestler and the direction you want to go with the art? And how far in advance do you plan ahead? Like, do you have the rest of your schedule for, for example, for the year already set, or is that kind of a fluid motion where things change just like wrestlers getting injured happens as well? Yeah, that last thing you just said there about wrestlers getting injured or storylines changing or someone's appearance or whatever, uh, I have to to keep it really loose. Um, so I'll try to schedule out about a month out, but also uh, I always try to put the caveat on their card subject to change, like they used to put on the old uh, cards for wrestling back in the day. Um, I... Uh, uh, have to like okay last year i was traveling a lot like i would have i i had one instance where i did planet comic-con here in kansas city uh tore down went immediately to the airport flew to vegas did an event there flew from vegas to minneapolis for a convention there uh that next weekend and uh then like my wife, meanwhile, had driven from Kansas City up to Minneapolis with all of our equipment for the show. We did the show there and then, you know, drove back to town. And then it was maybe a week later, we were off to <laughs> health, I can remember. Um, you know, and, uh, so with that, I also have the show Canvas to Canvas uh, with WWE. It's on their YouTube channel. And it's a weekly show. Every Sunday you get to see my process for making a painting and I'll, you know, talk a bit about it and stuff. Uh, so I had to, it's you know, like make Ross. sure that I was still hitting that schedule. Right. Uh, and um, so then I had to plan out quite a far in advance, like what subjects I was going to be painting. Uh, this year I'm traveling a lot less. Uh, so I'm able to be a little more fluid. Plus, uh, like post-WrestleMania, there's a lot of changes in the roster. Like there's new people coming up. There's people returning, a lot of things like that. Uh, so I try to you know, keep things open for, for that kind of thing to happen as well. So you had earlier in, in another answer mentioned the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame that's in Waterloo, Iowa. Uh, this is a... a big deal for anybody who's not a wrestling fan i mean the wwe has their hall of fame which is obviously a very huge deal but this pro wrestling it's the yeah forgive me on the name you'll be able to, to fill us in a little bit better on that one but uh the it's the one where it's it, all the wrestler stars gather there for that year when 
when they announced their Hall of Fame inductees, and it was there before the WWE Hall of Fame started kicking up. It's a big deal, and you mentioned going there and kind of getting your artwork out and trying to get some exposure, but that's grown into there is a Rob Schamberger wing of artwork at this place, and there's a gigantic mural. I mean, can you talk us through some of that? I mean, you're a big deal at this place now. (laughs) Yeah, or maybe that place is just a small deal. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, the the museum, uh, their director, Kyle Klingman, the board there, which includes, you know, people like Jerry Briscoe and J.J. Dillon, um, the uh, and jim ross uh they've been really supportive of what i do and uh each year for their inductees i'll do a larger painting of each one of the inductees a separate painting for each and over the years naturally that's that's grown and yeah they did me the the massive honor of giving me my own section at the museum uh, at the time, I did, when I did the, the mural for them, it was the biggest painting I'd ever done, uh, 12 foot by 8 foot. It's it's a monster. And actually, for their next Hall of Fame event, which is going to be at the end of July, uh, they're about to go under a major renovation, and they surprised me with this offer that uh, you know they're going to have to take down most of their exhibits in August. Uh, for this renovation. And so they asked me if I would be interested in for the, the event at the end of July to actually do a takeover of pretty much the whole museum. And so uh, for a week, the whole museum is going to uh, have like uh, probably over a hundred paintings of mine there. Uh, It'll be the biggest uh, public display of my work yet. And uh, they already have, you know, a really massive uh, collection of my stuff. But, yeah, they picked up about 60 more paintings from me uh, that they're going to have exhibited there. Pretty, pretty cool. Well, it sounds like that you never fantastic. get any work done. It sounds like you never get any work done, Rob. I don't, I don't really know what you do with yourself <laughs> sitting here. Uh, but, hey, okay, so, you know, I, obviously what you do, you know, you're not – you don't have a storefront here, but obviously people can go online, and occasionally you're here at events when they're doing uh, wrestling here and painting sometimes. But what if people want to know more, obviously, what what's the websites? What's the – obviously you said there's a YouTube page. What do we got? Yeah, uh, my main website is robshamberger.com. That's R-O-B-S-C-H-A-M-B-E-R-G-E-R dot com uh my uh twitter and instagram is at rob schamberger uh also uh you can go to wweshop.com and uh you can get uh prints and t-shirts featuring my artwork i have my own section on wwe's site which is pretty cool uh also every sunday on wwe's youtube channel uh, there is uh, canvas to canvas where you can uh, see me uh, making uh, some pretty cool paintings. I think uh, this uh, coming Sundays will be featuring uh, uh, Shayna Baszler, uh, who went from MMA to uh, uh, now uh, she's in WWE's developmental and she's the female champion there. Uh, pretty excited for people to see that one. And also on WWEauction.com, they uh, will have prints of my paintings that are signed by the wrestlers, which is a really cool, unique uh, item for 
people that are really into wrestling that are also cool enough to like art. Man, well, I mean, we I th- feel like we said it. Rob's super busy, super successful, uh, really good at what he does, and we're probably getting in the way of him getting some of that done based on the schedule that he uh, that he mentioned to us. So, Rob, we want to thank you for coming on. Obviously, uh, we've known you for a long time, so it, it, it felt pretty easy to ask you, but we really appreciate you coming on and spending some of your time with us, man. Dude, of course. You guys are my favorites. Tim and Tom. Man, Tom, Rob is a busy dude uh, and really good at what he does. If anybody just is curious, obviously you may not be a wrestling fan if you're listening to us, uh, but just check out robshamburger.com or check out his online stuff. You'll see what we're talking about. He's good. And then, you know, I mean, it's clear to see why some of the wrestlers would take to this because nobody was creating paintings about them. And then here comes along a guy doing it really well. And they're just like, oh, man. So, of course, they're going to share that because they want people to buy paintings of them. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it's it's fun. And Rob's a great person. Uh, he's always been super friendly with us. Uh, and his wife is a good friend of ours, been on our shows m- multiple times, even on Tim and Tom, uh, the prior version mm-hmm. of it. Yep. Um, so we, we love the Shamburgers of Doom, that's for sure. Definitely, yeah. And like I said, I've got seven seven of his paintings uh, currently hanging up in my household. Uh, love his artwork. Keeps on getting better and better, which is crazy because of how good it is right now. Um, but he's still improving, which is amazing and still being artistic and creative with all of his new portraits and, uh, series that he has coming out. And so again, check him out at robshamburger.com. All right. And after you get done doing with that, cause you're going to pause the podcast or maybe, you know, you just do it while the podcast is rolling, but we're going to go take a break and go refill our cups do whatever we got to do and come back. And Tom is going to fill you in on all the cool, fun, exciting stuff going on around the Metro coming up in the next few days when we return to Tim and Tom. Fun fact, TV remotes are the dirtiest items in hotels, a study found. I don't see you catching up. You in for some hard times. See how big I came up from that small time. I came for the whole time. I just want a banner in the rafters, bedroom at posters plaster. Looking at them made me want it better. Knew I had to master faster. The life I lived to capture faster than most of what these rappers have. Tim and Tom. Tom, I uh, I need to get out of the house, man. Uh, you know, the wife left me, as we talked about earlier. She might not be coming back, so I got to get used to finding entertainment for myself. Um, what What can I do, man? Well, here you go. I've got a great list of events for you. As always, my disclaimer is if Tim, specifically you, if you don't like these events, go check out the reoccurring events at places such as Union Station, Power and Light, and all of the great establishments in the Kansas City metro area. But here you go. See if any of these uh, interest you to get out of the house and become a person again, because that's important, Tim, yeah. you know, you're looking, you're looking good. Now you got to feel good. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what's important. All right, right here we go. Okay. May 20th. It is going to be a benefit for the big brothers, big sisters of greater Kansas city. It's the halo three tournament mm. at the Esports bar, uh, KC 7470 Neiman road, Shawnee, Kansas. Uh, are you a halo fan? Uh, I'm not, I've never played a single second of Halo. How about that? That's crazy. Well, here you go. Yeah. Well, then grab the sticks. Yep. Go out to the eSports Bar KC, 7470 Neiman Road, Shawnee, Kansas, and enter into the Halo 3 tournament May 20th. Sign up if, 
is at 1. Tournament begins at 1.30. Uh, our good friend, the Royal Chief, will be there. Mm. Uh, his good pal, uh, Carrington Harrison, will also be kind of emceeing the event uh, with Royal Chief. Uh, go say hi sports, to- Carrington Harrison. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So go say hi to those guys. Grab some uh, controllers and uh, shoot some people, right? Yeah, Woo. right? Hey, Kill hello. some folks. Yeah, because that is America. In the video game. In the video game. You shoot people and kill people. Exactly. exactly. All right, here we go. So next event. Now let's now let's uh, mellow it out, all right? Okay. We've all got right. one of the most iconic, legendary singer-songwriters mm-hmm. of all time. We have James Taylor Suzanne coming to the Sprint Center. put an end to you. Walked out this morning and I wrote down this song. I just can't remember who to send it to. I've seen fire and I've seen rain. But you hit the nail on the head there. One of the best singer-songwriters ever, right? Or at least most iconic. You know, everybody's got their own personal yeah. taste, obviously, but yeah. He is good. I tell you what. Relax, zen out. Maybe you smoke some weed because there's going to be plenty of it there. Yeah. And just enjoy a great night of instrumental, slow guitar, beautiful voice. He has a voice of, of just – his voice is just – it just feels comforting. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's like James Taylor comfort. It's hand yeah. in hand as they say. Yeah, kids, if you're going, uh, you can relax. They will call uh, their, their marijuana. They'll call it doobies. Uh, they may call it pot. Uh, don't worry. This is not something uh, strange and unusual. It's not a weird club drug that you got to look out for. Uh, you know, they're just friendly old guys. Hey, bonus fun fact. Yeah. The Doobie Brothers were not actually brothers. What? There you I feel, go. I feel lied to. They were they were brothers of the Doob. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Let's move it uh, on a little okay. bit All more. Right. In the Kansas City area, uh, we're switching it up here. Now, this is going to be May 24th. And before I tell you about this event, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. How do you get your news about your community? Mm. How, like, how do you, how do you, in, how do you uh, take the information that's happening around you and then get it in front of your face? Put it uh, in your brain. Most of it's online, I'd say. Um, you know, some of it's through the television. If it's on, my wife will have the evening news on more so than say. Uh, I would. Most of mine's either online through like a news reader or, you know, some you turn on the sites. radio. I do listen to the radio news sometimes on my way and forth, uh, back and forth to, to work. Yep. Well, here we go. We got a great event. This is going to be Thursday, May 24th. Starts at 630, goes till 8. It's going to be at the Kansas City Public Library, Aww. the Plaza Branch. That's going to be 4801 Main Street, Kansas City, Missouri. It's called Breaking the News. Casey's changing media scape. Now this is going to be looking at how people in the area take news in, right? So are they t- turning into a radio station? Are they going through phone apps? Are they looking at online feeds like a Facebook or a Twitter? Uh, do they turn into a, or tune into a, a TV program or do they just do the old fashioned pick up a newspaper and read that? Cause that's crazy. But what are you doing, basically, to get the news that's happening legitimately right around you? And, you know, we always talk about watching Fox News, watching MSNBC, CNN, all that stuff. And that's, you know, has its space and it's important. But it's also important to know, like, why the road isn't fixed or 
why there's an extra tax or why isn't there a program for, you know, um, a certain group in this area. And so what this event will be discussing is going to say, hey, how are we getting information out about Kansas City to Kansas Cityans? So, again, it's going to be Thursday, May 24th, starts at 630, goes till 8. It's at the beautiful Kansas City Public Library, the Plaza Branch. That place is just spectacular. Great place for an event. Been there many times, and it is a fantastic event. That if you are interested in becoming a better citizen, you should be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you will come away feeling at least four points smarter. At least. All right, now we've got the next event. Now, this is going to happen over a course of a couple days, May 25th to May 27th. Let me double check on that. Yeah, May 27th, but the first show, again, is May 25th. Uh, This is going to be at the KC Improv. It's going to be local guy, gone big time, coming back home, David Keckner, the Symphony of Chaos Tour. Now, Uh, If you're not familiar with that name, you might be familiar with his work. He's been on The Office. He played uh, the sports reporter on Anchorman. He's been in a ton of Will Ferrell movies, kind of as that accompanying role. Uh, He's a part of the Big Slick uh, Foundation uh, with uh, Paul Rudd and all those guys, uh, the guy from Modern Family. Very, very funny guy. Um, Again, he's going to be here starting Friday, May 25th at 730 uh, arrival time says 6.15, and then it'll go till May 27th again. Uh, Showtime for that is going to be 7 o'clock. There you go, That'll man. Fun one. That's, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, got some fun things for you. So we got some improv. We got you educated with some breaking news. We get you high with James Taylor. And boy, I tell you what, we started off flinging them bullets in Halo 3 at the uh, eSports bar. <laughs> Tim's favorite. Tom, uh, a new story was floated around this week uh, that I feel like is a a extreme representation of many of my ex-girlfriends. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Arizona woman accused of stalking and sending soulmate, in quotation marks, uh, 65,000 texts after one date. 60, I told her to stop. Five thousand. An Arizona woman has been accused of stalking a man she went on one date with last year by breaking into his home and sending him sixty-five thousand text messages, according to multiple reports. Uh, the lady was arrested on Tuesday after allegedly stalking and threatening a man she met on a dating website, according to a Paradise Valley Police report. And it reports that she allegedly been obsessed with the man since last summer, sending him sixty-five thousand texts after one date in her jailhouse interview. She told reporters, quote, I felt like I met my soulmate and everything was just the way it was. I thought we would do what everybody else did, but that's not what happened. End quote. Yeah, that's not what happened. Text messages allegedly sent by this woman include, quote, don't ever try to leave me. I'll kill you. I don't want to be a murderer. End quote. End quote. Oh, what would I do? (laughs) Oh, what I would do with your blood. I want to bathe in it. End quote. Yikes. How many did after 65? Don't you like block? I don't like maybe she still sent 65,000. You didn't get them. Yeah, she probably sent the 65,000, but he probably only got hopefully he blocked her number after 15. You know, like 
when asked by reporters Thursday why she sent the victim thousands of texts, she said, because it made me find out all my information. Loving him selflessly brought me his information because everybody just wants to take. But if you just give and you don't stop giving, you will all of a sudden receive a lot. This lady is out of her mind. This is what fun. A, I guess, I, man, I'll tell you what. So now that you're single again, watch out for these <laughs> girls. I'm not single. Or, all right. Well, not yet. Uh, tell Swim Trunks to read this story because he needs to know. So. When asked by reporters if she was crazy, the 31-year-old said, quote, no, I am the person that discovered love, end quote. So there you go. 31 years old? Uh-huh, 31 How years old. How are you old. a functioning person in society with, oh my goodness, hopefully she does a job that doesn't interact with people. Well, yeah, like, how does somebody uh, get to this level without, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. It's kind of scary. I'm sure it's. I didn't know the threatening parts of the text were in there, but I guess what are you going to say after twenty four thousand three hundred seventy two? You got to start coming up with other stuff, right? <laughs> That's when you make the switch. Tom's favorite. All right, man. Well, here is my favorite thing of the week. It's going to be quick. It's going to be simple. Very similar to how Vitor Belfort's career ended at UFC two twenty four. So as I mentioned, I watched. Uh, UFC 224 this past Saturday night and Vitor Belfort took on Leota Machida, both former UFC champions uh, and Vitor going into this fight had announced that this was going to be his retirement fight. It was the last fight on his contract. As I mentioned, he started with the promotion at UFC 12. So you can understand what type of veteran he is. Um, and he took on Leota Machida, another former UFC uh, light heavyweight champion. Uh, a veteran in his own right. Uh, you know, he's getting up there as well. So it felt like a very evenly matched fight. Yeah. And it abruptly ended for Vitor. He <laughs> fell in a crumble and was front kicked in the face for oh. the second time in his career. <laughs> First time was by Anderson Silva. Uh, and then now his career has ended with a front kick to the face, which will always be my favorite thing in the week. And this was by Leota Machida at UFC 224. Always, always the favorite thing. Yeah, if you front kick someone in the face and I hear about it, you're going to be my favorite thing of the week. Tim and Tom. We need to get out of here. Rob was a great interview to have. Really interesting what he does. Uh, so check out more of his stuff and buy some of it if you're a wrestling fan. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, just buy some of it. Rob needs to eat. Don't be selfish. You know what I mean? Yeah, support don't, local artists. Don't be that way. All right, so, and then support us, too. You know, we need to eat also. Tom's going on a trip. It's going to cost him a lot of money, I'm sure. So, you know, need some help. All right, we've got to go. We will be back next week with more Tim and Tom. Fun fact, owls turn their heads almost 360 degrees, a complete circle, but they cannot move their eyes. What do they know? Draco for you fake hoes. Major moves, we made those. Put my people on payroll. Cut the check when I say so. Them is just my everyday goals. Everything earned. Nothing is given, I know. I'm not concerned. I knew I was meant for this shit from the gold. Don't think I ain't put in that label. Don't think that you did me no favors. Don't think I won't do this bitch major. <laughs> if you don't see me now, you'll see me later. See me now, you see me later. Didn't see me, but now you gotta see me. Now you see me later.
Tim and Tom.